0: Alrighty, welcome back to Brojo Online. Today I'm going to be joined by Joe Ducard, who I've had on the show before. Last time we talked about authenticity and dating, and this time we're going to be talking about masculinity, what it's like to be a man, what does it mean to be a man, the struggles that we've faced trying to figure that out for ourselves, and the struggles we see other people facing as they try to figure it out. Hope you enjoy the show. Please share it around and comment below if you do, and let's get into it.
1: This is Bro Joe Online, masculinity, confidence, and integrity with Dan Munro. What um, do you want to chat about today?
0: Well, I really like you mentioned the idea of masculinity. One of the things I think that just keeps coming up that's just worth people discussing and just seeing what comes out of it is, I guess, the concept of masculinity and sort of simply like what it means to be a man. I rewatched Fight Club a little while ago and he talked about being the generation of men raised by women kind of absent father or people like myself where like the father was there but he was either emotionally distant or he was a nice guy people-pleaser a poor role model for kind of masculinity and then the media was just the opposite die hard wrestling it was kind of like this much oh, wrestling
1: you know? yeah I grew up on all that too yeah,
0: yeah. so you just got this weird very weird uh, role modeling as to what it means to be a man and I just, time after time, I get guys who just don't have a fucking clue what they're supposed to be.
1: There's no great male role models that are really mainstream today. And then when you have a good one, they try to catch them doing something and knock them down and all this other shit. It's sad. And and I look at, I know at least three specific young men that are in my life, a cousin, a brother-in-law, and a best friend's brother, who have been a topic of conversation over the last week. And you know, they're all struggling. They're struggling to find their way and and their motivation and place and and then there's like a weird expectation on them because they're men, you know. Like it's just it's crazy. It's just it's it's nuts. But yeah, I'd love to chat more about that.
0: Well, I don't think we need to plan. I just kind of dig in. Yeah, definitely. I think we could maybe start by sharing our own stories with our own journey with that. Um, I'm definitely somebody who I felt like like there were role models, but I don't think they were good ones, and they certainly weren't. Like close to me. So if I had a role model when I was growing up, it would be someone like Jonathan Davis from Corn, you know, this kind of broken, sort of fucked up reject rock star yeah. rockstar type. That's the kind of guy I wanted to be. Or I had my friends, my peers, and the ones I looked up to, looking back now, it wasn't healthy to look up to them. I looked up to them because they got what I wanted, but with clear eyes now, I can see the way they got it was. Insecurity, manipulation, bullying, yeah. all, of them. So all these things that, like, they had all the traits I wish I had assertiveness, balls, you know, all the stuff I felt I was really missing. But they were actually probably quite unhealthy I men. Some of them ended up in jail, which kind of proves my point, I guess, to myself. The role modeling thing's a big problem.
1: As I was Definitely. putting
0: the webinar about confidence role models, I was really scratching my head to find some. And there's basically, I was able to find some where they had aspects of it. You got like the most recent version of Jim Carrey, and he's very open and honest and shameless. That's kind of I like where he's going with that. Or you got someone like have you heard David Goggins, you know, that yeah, beast. yeah.
1: But he's like he's really like uh, drill sergeanty.
0: Yeah, so he'd be like the 100 out of 100 for masculine traits and like zero yeah. out of 100 for feminine. You know, so yeah. it doesn't mean like guys should be like him, but you know, there's certain things like determination, courage willingness to really
1: respond to him. I hear a lot of guys speak very highly of him Yep, because he embraces those qualities.
0: Yeah. And I think that's a key thing with role modeling is we had a lot of guys pretending to be men when we were growing up, but the very few actually like would withstand a test of integrity, I guess. But I don't know, what was your experience? I mean, what did masculinity mean to you in your teen years and what were you influenced by and stuff? You
1: know, I like to tell People, if I really think back and these things haven't really changed, I've always had certain core desires, whether those are, I, th- I think they're pretty masculine, honestly, that I think about it, right? They're pretty masculine desires, but it was always to be wealthy, have financial success and, and freedom and, and, and power even in, in the, the wealth dynamic. Another one was to be physically strong and powerful. Okay, I noticed that once I started lifting weights, and even when I was a young kid, I used to get bullied and, and beat up when I was really young, and then once I took wrestling, I was able to beat up the neighborhood bully. you know So I saw how important strength was in being able to defend myself. And then eventually getting into weightlifting and building strength that way, it got me respect, and it grew my confidence as well. And then another one was always social prowess and definitely women as well, too, right? I wanted to have beautiful women in my life. I wanted to be able to meet women, be able to attract women. I wanted guys to look up to me for having beautiful women around or or my skill to meet women and things like that. And um, it was all really core desires. And based on all these different areas, I wound up taking on different role models for each, right? When it was weightlifting, it was Arnold Schwarzenegger, right? I wanted to be like Arnold and be strong like he is in the movies and, and have a powerful physique, right? You know, even UFC is something I still watch. It's probably one of the only sports I watch. I I follow bodybuilding and and UFC. And and one thing I like about UFC is it's a raw competition and a raw combat. I used to watch football and and basketball and I love sports growing up. I'm not as into them as much anymore. I do more things like hiking and fishing and, and weightlifting are more important to me now. But uh, I still watch UFC because I find it's just like a raw masculine man versus man type of thing, even though there's women doing it now, too. But it's a real, like, gladiatorial, if you could even use that word, type of thing. And um, and then even with wealth, like even hearing stories like Mark Zuckerberg inspired me to go back and learn web design in school. And, um, you know, now I have different role models, guys like Grant Cardone or I've watched Dave Ramsey and. And all these other people, too. But I've always found that modeling was really important. And we are talking about modeling before. So I always try to find somebody that had the success themselves, someone who was and could teach it. And, you know, somebody who I resonated with their message. That's another big thing, too. When I talk to students and I talk to guys and they're looking for coaching, I always say, pick a coach that resonates with you. Right. There's certain people are going to resonate with certain people. Me and you are very similar, which is why we get along really well. But there's other coaches that are very different than us. Like I'm not the drill sergeant, David Goggins. You know, I'm not going to scream and yell at you. I'm going to be understanding. I'm going to be stern and tell you exactly what to do. and I'm going to be honest, but I'm going to be, you know, I'm understanding and caring. And I get those things where like I remember we had instructors back in the day who were like really drill sergeant. And some guys like that. And a lot of guys didn't like that. As well too, because they were a little too like too much ego too much cockiness and and stuff like that and I think which is cool when you become more balanced man you know like like yourself is you could kind of use that when you need to, but you can kind of scale it back as well you could calibrate to where other people are and I'm going off on a tangent here but um you know I had a lot of different I had core goals that I still have to this day, and based on those goals you know I found different role models that kind of fit into me you know me me seeking out their material and things like that or you know now away from those more masculine goals are things like peace and freedom and love and impact right those are very huge for me now but as a young man they weren't necessarily the the main things on my goal you know i've definitely shifted more as i as i've gotten older which is a very common thing right around usually around 30 Especially enlightened men who have who have sought after the women and the money and the fitness and all that other stuff and uh the status and these other things they've seen that that's not the true way of happiness, so you do start to eventually shift towards those other things, like I said peace, freedom, impact love and uh and happiness. but um I still have those core desires, which I guess are pretty masculine, like we said, and, and those definitely do drive a certain part of my life as well too, yeah.
0: Yes. Yeah, a few interesting things in there. I mean, one of the things that just kind of pulled out for me was I used to, yeah, I used to be very sort of material, I guess you'd say, or quantitative in what I wanted. It was external to me. It was numbers. It was, I don't know if it was quality, it was about comparative quality of like being better or faster or prettier or whatever. And then like yourself, I actually like pursued those things, like to the death, like as hard as I could. And I'd either sort of get them or get near them and realize this isn't quite it. And it made a difference with the role models. Like it started to shift where who I followed, it wasn't just that they were good at what they're doing, but also agreed with why they were doing it. Whereas before that didn't matter so much. I feel myself shifting over time as why they do something becomes even more important than how well they do it, or at least as important. Like, Two guys can pursue wealth. One does it because he wants to redistribute and make the world a better place. Another does it because he just wants to keep it all to himself and deprive others. And they might even use very similar strategies or, or approaches to doing it. But one reasoning just doesn't line up with me. Like, actually, when I got into pickup, that was one of the problems As a lot of the guys I was following at the time, the reason they were doing it was quite sick. They had... Was the kind of the bitter, resentful, let's get these bitches back type mentality or the kind of like, somebody love me, desperation, you know, and they might be really good at what they're doing, I guess, if you watch them on a surface level, number by number type uh, measurement. But then some of these guys were just really fucking unhappy uh, on the inside. And I believe the reason they were doing stuff was, was the cause of that unhappiness. Whereas there's quite a, you've you seen that in your instructor days a lot. There's guys who were never really deep into it. They didn't get on the forums and stuff. They just dabbled and then they just took off and they just did really well because yeah. they were never really that fucked up. They're just a bit shy or something and needed yes. like a kick start. But their mentality was always quite healthy and they just had a couple of bad habits to work through essentially. Whereas there was other guys who study it day and fucking night and make tiniest amounts of progress because their mm. mentality, their reason why they're doing it is just so fucking dark. That so they basically have to force feed it to themselves, you know. So one of the other things I think put out that I want to check in with you on is that kind of fluidity. So when we we're younger, masculinity was like this hard-up thing, like Bruce Willis and Die Hard kind of. It's it's really like a one-trick pony. Just be hard all the time, you know. And you can see it with all the action heroes. There's no scenes of them crying or caring for kids or anything like that. No, not at all. It's just fighting or about to fight and swearing a lot and just being the toughest guy in the room. Then there was a wave the other direction where masculinity was basically, I don't know. I got, I felt a lot of pressure to be more feminine all the time, mm-hmm. caring and compassion, sensitive and sweet and all the stuff. And that like, that's a new man. And I just, I think, yeah, I came to a place where I'm like, no, you do need some of the hard stuff too, Yeah, but just not, 10 out of 10 all the time because then at some point it's totally inappropriate to the context you're in but um i wanted to tell you a story just get your feedback on it but i just uh almost took my fingers off this last weekend oh, i was whistling a stick to do some like campfire stuff i'd had a little bit to drink which is unusual for me these days and sometimes it triggers off like old patterns for me like being a nice guy or people please or whatever and one old pattern for me is to try to be hard. Mm. So if I'm around other guys doing manly stuff, I kind of like get competitive and try to prove that I'm not soft, you know? Mm-hmm. And So there's all these guys doing something they're very familiar with. Cause it's like Czech traditions to make these sticks into a campfire. And I'm like in an office 90% of my life. Like, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. So I'm whittling away and I did it wrong. And then just basically half cut my fingers off.
1: Oh, and I was just
0: watching like the blood pouring out. And I was just like, this is me trying to be a man. You know, this, is what this is. like this means just trying hard, and now this is look. This is not even a metaphor. I am literally bleeding for this now. Um, what what was I trying to achieve there? Like to be the guy who can make a stick. Like, what the fuck am I doing? But it was really interesting to see that come up.
1: Yeah, because um, I've been uh, I've been reading this book. You may have read it called The Way of Men by Jack Donovan, and it was it was um, suggested to me a couple people. once I get a suggestion a few times, I read it. In the beginning, I think it was, I was like, okay, this book's whatever. But, you know, now thinking back on it as I'm reading it, that he makes some interesting points. And, you know, nothing like, it makes sense when you hear some of these points, right? And what he was saying is, you know, we did for forever live in those tribes, right? And it was a status thing and a strength thing amongst us men, you know, to see which men are gonna be the leaders of the group which men are going to be the hunters and and really provide and and whoever was the strongest, whoever was the smartest, right? Whoever could fight the best, like those were the most valued men in the group, right? So so it makes perfect sense. You know, like oh, I want to show my skill here, you know, and, and you want to show your 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 mastery, right? And your ability to do things, especially in front of other men, because that was directly correlated to your value. And it still is to some extent, but As we know, you know a lot of these things that we had to do back in the day are outsourced, right? We have a military to fight our battles, right? We can just get a job to make money. We don't. We can buy our food, right? We can. And now everybody has equal opportunity. Different races, different genders. Obviously, you know we have much more of an equal opportunity, which I'm all for, right? I believe women, you know, should be able to do whatever they want. I think that's cool. But in that kind of mix of everybody kind of becoming equal and the same, it's easy for men to lose their way because they do have those raw desires. We do have, like you said, which is a great point, very mixed messages as well too, for what a man should be and a way she, he, um, he should act. And um, it's a confusing place and a confusing time for men. you know. And another big desire that he talked about in the book is for men to make their own way. You know, men want to do their own thing and, and be independent and all that. But then, you know, you have kids coming up now that are super entitled. You know, they're, they're all glued on the technology. You know, once you get out of school, I mean, everything was taken care of you pretty much till you graduate high school or whatever it may be. And then it's like, OK, what career do I get into? You know, and I don't really have much social skills. The world's a big, scary place. And it's uh, I know it's tough even for me. Getting out of school and, and becoming a, a young adult as as a man, you know, I've seen it being even more difficult for kids nowadays. With all of those mixed messages, with all of you know the confusion on what masculinity is, and um, yeah, another thing too is choice paralysis, mm-hmm. right? Because there's things were if you think back to those primitive times, you know, around the campfire with your with your buddies, you know, men had very specific roles that were pretty clear cut, right? Where now there's just, and I know I, I struggle with this even to this day in my life, there's so many options with how to go about anything, whether it's even your diet to get in shape or your workout routine, right? Or your, God forbid, your business and your marketing or your career path, or even what to say to women or whatever it may be. There's just so many options and where the information we have nowadays is beautiful, right? And the technology where me mean, you could share these lessons with, with guys and help create a better life for everybody but at the same token there's so much information and i know that's why a lot of guys wind up coaching with you or coaching with me as well too is because they're so confused from all the information right and there's so many mixed messages and it can be really tough to not only pick a path but to stick to it and then after that to really own that path and be confident say this is what i'm gonna do this is who i am and i'm comfortable with that i found that part could be really hard as well, too, it's something that I've been working on a lot in my own life. This is the way I do things, and it makes me happy, and it works, and I like it, right? And because uh, then you say that to people, and it's like, well, there's another way of doing it, and this one does it this way. This one does it. It's just, oh my gosh, it becomes so uh, so difficult to really to really find your true purpose and path.
0: Well, that's actually, I think, one of the main issues is. This will sound kind of corny, but I really think the answer is within. Yeah, it doesn't mean not straight away, but it comes by a kind of trial and error. You try a lot of other people's stuff. And if you're open minded about like keeping the bit that resonates with you and dropping the rest and not getting like, I call it like guru complex. Yeah. Do everything Jordan Peterson says. It's like, no, do the bits that vibe with you and just bit ditch the rest. What I think there's a step, someone working on themselves, where they realize they've kind of got. A bit of a blueprint in mind, call it values, principles, just a sense of right and wrong. But there's nowhere to validate it. Yeah. There's no one else who can say yet yeah, you've found it. There's no one mm-hmm. else that can say that's right. Now you're on track. Because the truth about masculinity, I guess, is that it's individual. Yeah. You have to find your version of being a man, and it might conflict heavily with what your dad thinks it should be, or what your friends are mm-hmm. trying to be, or so-called friends are trying to be what you see on TV or there might be bits of it that line up or there might be bits of it that really like get a lot of controversy and heat uh, these days and I think that's one of the main issues it's ironic because my business is kind of based on it guys going to like other people like tell me how to live that's usually how my first contact with a new client begins someone's like X is happening in my life what should I do Mm -hmm. I'm like, the fact that you're asking me is your problem. It doesn't mean you shouldn't. It just shows where you're at. Like this thing you're asking about is not your problem. Yeah. The fact that your compass is so obscured that you don't know what to do. You don't even know what to try to do. Mm. You don't even know like what guess to make, like what, what experiment to play with. You're just frozen waiting for someone else to go walk down there, you know? And I remember that a lot. Like, I just consumed so many books. I wasn't really a big video or podcast guy. I was a big reader. You know, I think it really kicked off with the game. And then it was just boom, one book after another, all the big name. Then yeah. I was a library in my head. And like, oh, I used to annoy my family and friends because whatever book I was on was the book. Like, <laughs> me too, me oh, too. Oh, my God. Have you read this shit? And I just go, like, fucking shut up. It was something else last week. Oh, God. Yeah. Fair enough. But I'd, just, I'd go all in on someone for like a mm. month or whatever. I just become obsessed doing just their way. And then of course things would unravel a bit because their way doesn't quite match who I really am or real life or whatever. And right. then I'll go on to the next guy sort of thing. But I'm just thinking, I might ask you first, but I'm trying to think when I kind of went, I know my way now and I, I'm just going to have to go like this. un. It's like a path that doesn't exist. You have to cut it yourself. Like no one's been there. No one can say it's leading in the right direction. I'm not really sure when that started for me.
1: I think for myself, it, it um, certain ones came at different times, mm. and um, I always say goals change, and my goals have changed as well too. But you know, I think about like wanting to have a business and helping people, right? Now, sure, I used to, I was a fitness trainer. I always liked helping people, but um, I never thought I'd be like a dating coach or help guys with their confidence or or anything like that. It was just my cross to bear, you know, because I didn't have any confidence. I didn't have any social skills, and I had to learn that. And then once I was able to remove the suffering for myself, it came pretty clear that I should do that for other people as well. So I actually asked my father. I said, what should I do now? And he said, it'd be a crime for you not to help other men. That's what my father actually told me, which was really awesome. Oh. He's, he's been great. And uh, that all made sense when that kind of clicked for me. So that's what I've been doing for the last 10 years or so. And there's, there are other parts of my life and there have been other parts of my life where I haven't, it's, it's a constant process for me of accepting kind of the way things are, you know, like I didn't like even my personal goals with women, you know, did I just want to meet a lot of women. Did I want to get a girlfriend, settle down, or, you know, do I want to, you know, keep having fun and play the field or whatever type of thing like that. And then I didn't know which was right, which was wrong, certain guilt around certain things. And then I just allowed myself some space to say, hey, look, whatever you feel like you should do or that you want to do, do it, own it, be okay with it, right? And, you know, women respond to that as well, too. You know, having, you know, being look, this is what I'm looking for. This is what I'm not looking for. And you can be open and honest about that. And people will align with that way more. And I'm doing that with every area of my life all the time, you know, just just trying to more and more so as i get older just owning look this is the way that i do things you know i work from home or i have my own business and i don't have a nine to five and uh you know like food for me is another thing too this food i eat is probably really weird to some people right and i put a lot of time and energy into my my food that i eat and i don't go out to eat a lot i don't eat fast food and and i don't eat traditional stuff like a lot of people eat now like well normal stuff that people eat nowadays right and i've like that's an area where I just had to come to accept it. Like this is what I do for me. This makes me feel a certain way. I look a certain way, and this is what I've chosen to do. And the antithesis that right, like you said, is being open-minded. Right. I love uh, Socrates. I believe his quote was something like, "People consider me the smartest person because I think I know nothing." Right. So he always had an open mind to go and try new things, which I always have. I, I one of my coaches told me to always be, and, and he said that I am is a seeker of truth, right? If there's a new truth there's something else works better, you know, be open-minded enough to to move on to that thing. But the opposite of that, like we're saying here too, is when you have something that works and you do enjoy it and it works well for you, makes you happy, you have to own that as well too, because you're going to get societal pressure. You're going to have all those other influences and stuff going in, but it's, um, it's always a constant process for me, at least of, of accepting the way things are. You know, I see it a lot with the students where they're, they're unconfident in their strategy, their game plan, you know, even their goals and some of the things that they want. And, uh, I, I try to really get them to race and own what they're going for and what the, what they want in their lives. Cause when you do do that, people respect it and they may test you a bit, but when you stand your ground and say, this is how I am, this is how I do things. People won't bother you. A great example of that is I don't drink alcohol, right? I never have, I've never been drunk. And when I was younger, I would go to parties and say I don't drink and the kids are like, "Oh come on have a drink or you're lame or you're this and that and now I'd say ninety nine percent of the time I tell people I don't drink I say it in a way that's so confident they don't really follow up with questions they just say, "Wow I think that's really incredible. I wish I could do that too because I've just so they could just tell by everything about me that I've kind of owned that and that's just a part of me and a choice that I've made and um, you know that that's a good example of something that I'm so firm in that people just wind up respecting it and don't challenge anymore, right? So that's another thing too, is finding those, like you said, taking different paths, trying different gurus and trying different approaches, finding things that work. And then when you're on that path, sticking to it and having more ownership around it, and then people will, will, won't test you so much. And they'll be like, okay, you know, you're doing your thing. I respect that. And I think that's a big part of not only masculinity, but, you know, goals and purpose and stuff as well too. Yeah,
0: there's there's a lot in there like with the image I have in my head is um, it was actually I was watching a movie The Score Robert De Niro the other night and he was cracking a safe and he was looking inside to see the like keys line up so that you mm-hmm. can do the lock and that's what it felt like for me after a while is I'd kind of get one thing I'm like ah, oh, yeah I think that's it and then I'd try and get another thing and I tell you what there's one point where something clicked for me I came to the realization that I was a coach, a salsa dancer, and I played in a metal band. And I thought there's an actual chance I might be the only person in the world who has that combination. (laughs) That's really
1: like I was thinking
0: about it. I was like, that is a, it would be a pretty weird combination to find a duplicate for and I had done dancing like all around the world. I knew the sort of basic people in that scene. Uh, Didn't know any coaches. And the metal world, I didn't know anybody who danced, you know. And I was like, oh, I might have a thing. And it kind of scared me because I'm like, I'm fucking weird here. And that's when I realized like there is no objectively right way to live. Right? It's totally, totally subject. There isn't even a single rule that everyone has to follow. But a lot of people have a lot of rules in their head. You know, you were talking about, say, dating. I had a call with a client. Uh, was it was just you know, this, this morning. And he felt bad about dating more than one girl at the same time. He said, it's wrong. I'm like, where would you get wrong from? Where is that written? And you can just see him pause and he goes, I have no idea where I got that from. I'm just so sure of it. I said, well, if you're honest with them and everything's out in the open, there's no manipulation, no deception. Everyone's allowed to leave if it's not right for them what's wrong with it? How does that breach your values? And he's like, it doesn't. I'm like, so where'd you get that from? And he didn't know. And that's, that's an example. One of millions, billions, people have rules that they follow dogmatically and they don't even know where they got the rule from. And they can't even really clearly explain why it's a good rule to follow, but they follow it like fucking loyally because I think they're hoping that there's a set of rules to follow. And they'll was cling to any rule that they can find thinking, oh, that's one less rule that I need to worry about rather than I think what's quite a dark and and I found quite an overwhelming truth when I first discovered it, which was there's no fucking rules. You have to make this up completely from scratch. Your way might not match anybody. Mm-hmm. There might be nobody who agrees with it. But then you made the point, which is a key one. When I first told people that I was a salsa dancer, it was about half an hour before they
1: stopped laughing.
0: You know what I mean? Like it was just derision especially my mates who are mostly hard guys kind of thing. Right? Yeah. You know they they couldn't have found it any funnier. I mean, they were good about it, but laughter was the the response. Fast forward like five years, and I tell people I'm like champion zook dancer kind of thing. Not even a giggle because yeah. I've changed the way I see it.
1: That's so like, awesome, dude.
0: And it's just like what you were saying, like. The old you, probably much less confident version, talking about not drinking, probably came from like like apologetic frame, like I'm breaking the rules. Whereas the new you is like, this is the rule. Yeah, you know, I've decided it. Everyone else, I'm fine. All right, you know, like it's your rules, bro. Like, yeah. Then listen, to me. you know, it's it's amazing how non-confrontational people get when you're sure of yourself. Yeah. So that's uh, hmm, very interesting stuff. I think you and I have had some similar realizations there.
1: And I think that's why, I, I love you sharing that. I think that's so cool. And I think that's why, like, one of the main goals, even for my students, even if they're coming to me for how to approach women or dating advice, whatever, you know, one of the main goals, more self-esteem and more confidence It's one of the biggest underlying goals that they have. And really that all boils down to this, right, it is kind of ownership of who you are. And what you're doing, so you can have, because people see how, like you see how people respond to that true confidence, right? And when somebody does really own what they do, it's like a super attractive quality, right? It's something where we're like, okay, this guy who who does the best, like you think of someone like um, Tony Robbins, right? Why does so? Why do so many people follow Tony Robbins? Because he's pretty passionate and he's pretty confident in what he teaches and what he does, right? You know, you we've seen people try to make YouTube videos and even other coaches coming up or not. And they just don't have that conviction or that confidence or that passion. You no. Know? And people really resonate and respond to that. And uh, I don't know, a, it comes with time. It comes with reference and it comes with, um, like we said, you making that decision that look, this is the way that I am. I thought that was so cool. How you mentioned that I'm the only one who does this right? I had to do these weird things, weird things in combination, right? And I always tell people I'm very different and very weird too. But at the end of the day, I'm, I look at it objectively and I'm like, oh, that's pretty badass. You know, when you said salsa dancer and a coach and, and, you know, a metal rocker, you know, I'm like, man, that's fucking badass. You know, I think that's fucking super cool. But even sometimes when we say those things to ourselves, we're like, oh, you know, or, or we don't really always come at it with that, with the, with the confidence, right? And You know, I think about that, too. You know, I play guitar myself as well, and I'm a coach. and I'm into fitness and reading, and I'm also into spirituality and and meditation and and other things like that, too. And if I look at the broad things that I'm into and stuff like that, I could look and say, Wow, that's pretty cool. You know, and I like how you said that. It can be a unique combination that makes us who we are. And, uh, and even another thing that you said too, which is so crazy is like, we have these things in our head about how we should act that we've never challenged that either. If we just heard from someone else or that we say this is right or that's right. And, um, man, it's, it's so, it's almost like, where do some of these things come from? You know, I was thinking, I read a book called the happiness advantage, which is a super cool book. And they did a study where students had to do a project right? And they were given like a day to complete the project, right? And then there was two options after the day, they completed an art project. They said, one half of the group, your project is completed. And that's how it is, right? The second half of the group, they gave them the option to work on their project for another day, right? And they they were measuring like their satisfaction with the project. And the satisfaction was way higher for the people who just had the one day, and that was it. This is how it is, it's completed. But the people who had more time to continue to work on it, they were actually much less satisfied with the project because they had too much choice and too much options and too much freedom, right? Where that's why, like you mentioned before, I I think people are looking for these rules to follow because for thousands of years, right? we did have some pretty set ways of life. We farmed or we hunted and we lived in this thing and we married the girl next door and this was that. But um, that goes back to what we were saying before, you know, why people are so much more lost. Um, not everybody, but a lot of people are very lost nowadays because of all of those options. There's good and bad parts to it as well, too. We're almost looking to just find a path to just stick to and own and beyond. And you find a lot of peace in committing to that path. Right. Which which I encourage everybody to do who's watching this. Right. If you have those goals, I like it. Like you said, going inward and thinking what those goals really are. What do you want? You know, How do you want to serve? What do you want to experience in your life? You know, a great way to think of it, even though it's grim is think at the end of your life and looking back on your life. How do you want to be remembered? How do you want to how will you look back and say, man, I lived a great life? That's something I ask myself all the time. I think that's a really good way to find what your goals are to look back and say, OK, I live that well. And that was a good life. For me, it's a life rich in experience. It's a life rich in love. And it's a life rich in impact for me. But a lot of people don't have that that goal, right? I know impact is important for me and super important for you. But that's not a huge one for everybody. You know, they may want to just start a family and just raise one kid and continue on the generation, which is totally fine. But you have to know what those things are. Go around, do your research, try different things, find your path. But eventually find a point where you just own what that is. And we know people, and I I know people that have read a zillion books, have a ton of money and have done all this stuff, but they're still miserable. We were talking about that before, right? And then we know people who are in small towns and just have their their little job, they have their family or whatever, and they're happy as a clam, right? And I think part of that happiness comes from them just actually, which I have a lot of respect for, actually looking looking back at you'll see a lot of people who are growth minded and even entrepreneurs and stuff like that put down people we're kind of in that fixed position, right? But at the end of the day, those people are pretty happy because they picked a goal. Not all of them, right? Some of them are miserable and, and, and just because some because somebody else told them. But the people who've really chosen a path and stuck to it, they usually wind up being the happiest people. And um, that's just something that I try to find more and more, discover you know who I am and and stuff. So I could kind of just own my routine and my groove and what I, what I'm working on as well too, rather than, Always second guessing it because it's the second guessing that drives people nuts, especially guys who are listening to this and who are into the self improvement. It's that second guessing and always looking for the next magic bullet or or magic pill that really um, detracts you from your progress and your happiness. I think.
0: Well, that brings up, especially people who are into self development, that brings up one of the key dilemmas that I had to go through very recently, which was getting married. And because I'd been so obsessed with not having a normal life that I was missing things that were normal and I and actually resonated with me. So I went from like trying to fit in to trying to stand out to then trying to not do either of those things. And if I fit in, so if I, if I turned out to be normal, if I turned out to be average, to make my peace with that, if that was real for me. And and you've kind of hit the nail on the head, I think, which is it all comes down to whether or not you chose it.
1: Mm. No. Oh, that's a great point. Yeah, that's a really great point. Yeah,
0: you can be anything you can be like, I see some great examples here in Czech Republic. It's very traditional families top of the hierarchy. Um, You're praised if you have a normal life here. They don't like the tall poppies here. They, they like the people who just follow the plan. Now some people are doing that and they drink themselves to death because they are fucking miserable and they should be doing something mm-hmm. else. There's others uh, like a couple friend of ours. I've got married couple friends now. I'm still getting my head around that. They just work and they have a kid and they're buying a house. It's like ticking all the boxes. And I have zero doubt that they are fucking satisfied with that. Like for them, that is, it's not because everyone else is doing it. It's because they want to. They've chosen it. And I made a video recently where I was talking about whether it's better to be in a relationship or be single. And the summary of the video is basically it depends on who you are and what you're going through. But the key is that you choose the one that you're in. Mm. So even like, like even if you, you can't get a girl, then choose to be single. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and I don't yeah. mean incel like avoiding men going their own way type mentality of running away from it. I mean, like if you can't have a choice, then make that the choice and make the most of it. Go enjoy being single, dating, civil, yes. freedom, rather than pining for the thing on the other side of the fence. Like, that was the hard thing about getting married for me, was actually coming to terms with the idea that something as traditional and boring and normal as marriage actually appealed to me. I didn't want to admit that to myself. I thought I'd fallen for some sort of societal conditioning and all this sort of stuff. And I realized actually my only really resistance to it um, is trying to stand out. Whereas actually, I like the commitment. It's a huge growth challenge for me to make a big commitment like that. I'm very commitment phobic. It's tackling like 60 of my greatest fears all at once. Damn, yeah. You know, and I like this kind of depth thing rather than a variety, which I experienced and enjoyed. It's kind of like going all in, like having a family. And it's like a partnership that I didn't, when I saw other people in marriages, that's why I was scared of it. I was like, fuck, they're just trapped with each other. This is miserable. Like, there's one guy I knew. Um, he got married like first out of my whole group of friends, like real early. We call them one giners you know. He married the first girl he slept with. <laughs> he used to just pine for our stories, you know. Like, did you fuck anyone this week? He was just moaning for what he <laughs> to missed
1: live vicariously through him. Oh,
0: and I used to watch him, and he, he would just be like, he was just onto porn all the time and stuff. And I was just like, this guy's fucking. He's miserable. He doesn't really say that, but. He's so grass is greener. It's like he didn't choose what he's chosen. Mm. It's like he's been forced into it. He's looking out of his prison window at the bright outdoors. Yeah. And I realized, you know what? I'll be fine with marriage as long as I choose it. Mm. As long as I don't have to. And it's um, again, that was the, the, the coming full circle where first I had to break all the rules. And then I had to allow myself to actually just coincidentally follow them. Some of them which is if it lines up with me and everyone else thinks it's a good idea, I can still do it. I don't have to stand out. I don't have to rebel, but as soon as any element of it doesn't sit with me. And an example of that is when we did the wedding vows, I insisted that we can't make any promises to each other in the vows. You know, we can't say I'll be with you forever or I'll love you forever or anything like that. Cause that's a lie. You know, I mean, my girl, are very much big on honesty. You can only say something you are sure is true. Mm. Mm-hmm. So all we did in our vows is talked about how we feel about each other right now. It's the only thing we could be honest about. I was like, you know, that that brings my anxiety levels down. I don't have to hold up to something. I put myself in some position, you know, we still could end it at any time if this is no longer right for us. And that freedom actually removes all my panic about the commitment. Whereas I think some guys, because they yearn for freedom, freedom doesn't mean being single. It means choosing. And so they, the idea of not choosing or committing their future self to something that they're not sure of or whatever, they just panic. I wasn't really sure where I was going with that. But what I see is, yeah, there's a lot of guys just these fucking rules that they follow, but also making a peace with maybe a meaningful life for you looks pretty normal. Whatever. Or or other people wouldn't be that impressed by it. Maybe you being a man isn't what everybody else would say a man should be or anything like that. And that might be how it ends up. Like you say, like if you don't own it, you'll be fucking miserable. Even if you like don't know what to do and you just randomly pick a path. Right. Treat that as if that's the path you'll find out either way. All my time sort of like doing the more manipulative pickup stuff. That's not me, but it got me to where I'm at. Mm -hmm. It wouldn't change a thing. I learned what I need to learn. From that. Just like I learned from what I needed to learn from trying to make my friends laugh all the time to hide my emotions or whatever, or what I learned from being really distant from my parents for like a decade. That doesn't line up with who I am now, but it got me to where I'm at. I had to go all in on that stuff. But there was no one there. There's no one there to say, yeah, that's, you're onto it now, which I like about being a coach because I get someone to describe all their values to me and then I say, yeah, you're on track. Not because I like what you're doing. Right. But based on what you told me is right for you, you've lined up with that. So you can validate yourself. I'm just like a mirror to show you that you're on track. You know, I like that. Hmm. Interesting. Do you struggle with anything like if you find that you're like normal
1: in something that you like or average or uninteresting to others? Do you struggle with that? Oh, of course. Yeah. And um, a small example that just popped off the top of my head is like, like I said, I don't drink, right? And I'm not really, uh, I do go out. I'll go out and meet women in parties, bars, wherever, you know, where people are gathered, right? But uh, I'm not into drugs. I'm not into partying or whatever. In the city I live, and especially a lot of the young people, you know, that's what they're really into. I mean, I remember specifically that we were actually throwing a party and some girls were talking about alcohol and drugs and festivals. And then they're like, so they're like, wait, so you don't drink? And they were like shocked, right? And they're like, so, you don't smoke weed? And I'm like, no, like, so you don't take drugs. I'm like, no, like, you don't do any of that? I'm like, no. And they're like, well, what do you do? Like, they were <laughs> shocked that I didn't do any of that. And I was laughing. And then, and then after that, I I listed all of my hobbies and things I'm into for meditation and spirituality, and cooking and guitar and fishing and fashion and marketing and business and fitness and health and all these things I'm into. And then one of the girls is like, wow. She goes, you're into a lot of stuff. You're really living life. I was like, Yeah, I was like, You guys are drugs and stuff. Like, that's cool. I like, guess thing. I was like, But you know, there's a lot of other things that are out there too that I'm into. There's always a little part of me that when I'm in more of a party atmosphere, I feel like I, I'm more of an outsider, right? And I've owned that and I'm okay with that and I, I love who I am. I'm never gonna change that. But you know, definitely it can be tough. It's really tough when you're first starting to implement these things. That's why, you know, people who are just getting sober have a really tough time. People who are just starting to go out and be social will have a a tough time. One of the the toughest times that people have, which is notorious, is when people start a diet for the first time, right? That's one Mm -hmm. of the toughest things for people, right? Now I'm eating this way, so I have to tell people, no, I can't eat that cake. No, I can't go to dinner. No, I don't eat that anymore. So many people succumb to the peer pressure and the the average way of eating or doing things and because of that they'll fall back on their diet and they won't get to shape and all this other stuff but one thing i learned at a young age and one thing that i have gotten really good at is discipline and i believe discipline is doing what you know you have to do whether everyone agrees with it or not right or or even sometimes whether you want to do it or not right but you have to do what what's necessary right and that all goes back to picking your path but the way the discipline, the way that I'm able to make those hard choices and execute the disciplines goes back to what we we're talking about with choice, right? If I've made a choice, I want to look a certain way, okay? This is the way I want my body to look, a certain amount of muscle, a certain amount of body fat. That's the choice. That's what I want. That's my goal. And then I have to make those other sacrifices to make it happen, right? That's, and, and the same thing too with my clients, you know, they come in and I ask them, I say, what are your goals with women? What's your ideal dating life? What are, what's your goals? I never push goals on guys. My buddy was talking about, you know, niching down, you know, a lot of my friends talk about marketing and like, what's your niche, right? And my buddy's like, you know, you could be, you could tell a lot of guys want to get that one girl. You could tell them how to get that one girl. I was like, I was like, I'm not forcing a goal on any of these guys. I don't have a one girl, you know, and that's another thing like this year I've embraced more. Like you said, if you're single, single is a choice. Like I'll tell girls when girls ask me or my family, they're like, why don't you have a girlfriend? I said, cause I choose to be single. Right. And I've embraced that. It's okay that I'm single and doing that for a while. I may want to settle down. And I do have a goal sometime in my 30s to have a girlfriend again, I'll do that at some point. But for right now, the life I'm living, I'm really enjoying it and embracing it. Right. I lost my track of thought on this, but it, uh, was it back to the disciplines? Right. You have to choose what you want and then execute the disciplines. And they become easier to do once you've made that choice. And like I said with my students, I ask them, what do you want? Do you want a girlfriend? Do you want to? And a lot of guys, they just want to be more confident with women in general. They just want to work on their on their skills, right? So you, so you have to go within, like you said, and find those things that you want and then make that choice, which I thought was so cool, right? It's the people who are doing something that they felt their parents tell them to do or society told them to do. And they haven't really made a choice and picked it for themselves, especially men, right? That's a big masculine thing, right? A man who's doing something against his will is like he feels like he's succumbed to some other pressure or something, right? But like when you make that choice and you just said, okay, this is what I'm going to do. And no matter what anyone else says, I think that's that's the real moment where, yeah, you can have that true confidence in everything that you're going. So I thought that's super interesting, man.
0: Yeah, I think that freedom themes coming up a lot. You know, I was thinking that um, I talked about it once, like having the choice means like let's say you got to wash the dishes. Like, wash the shit out of them. Like, win the dishwashing championship of the world. Like, throw Absolutely. yourself into it. If you have to drag yourself through it, it's like you die a small death, you know? Yeah. It's, I look at the difference. Like, I went to university and especially the first little while before I chose psychology papers, I sort of woke up there. I'm like, What the fuck am I here? Like, I call it the water slide effect. Like, at some point, I go to the top of a water slide and I'm just, like, sliding down. And I'm not yeah. making decisions. I'm just... Following this like greased up path and it was it was so unmotivated i had to drag my ass out of bed to go to classes me too i did my assignments in the last minute i mean i was naturally academic so i cruised i can't remember shit. even the psychology stuff i learned i can't quote names and stuff but i did enough to pass uh, enough to do quite well which for me it was just academic it was pretty easy Compare that to me, like what I do with my coaching that you have to pull me away from my desk, you know, because right. like, I've chosen coaching mm. and this is one of the things that I think a lot of guys combined with the rule problem, not realizing they have to break the rules, but also realizing like what you have to go through to be alcohol free, to take care of your body and what you and I both have to go through with running our own businesses, is we have to pay a price for that yeah. choice.
1: Mm.
0: We, it's an investment and it we pay with pain of some kind. David Goggins really puts this well. He says that he had to do 67,000 pull-ups just to train to beat the record for pull-ups. He, he chose to pay the price for his decision, for his goal, for his values, whatever. And that's the real freedom that people don't understand. Freedom isn't this like nice feeling. It's you're willing to do the painful shit to be the person you want to be. And when people understand that, it actually gets a lot easier. It's a lot easier to go to the gym, not going I wish I had abs, but going, I will suffer for them. Mm -hmm. Or to go on and talk to that girl that intimidates the fuck out of you going, this is how I pay for it. This is is my payment. It's it's due. It's like layaway. I think you call it in the States or whatever, you know, this is like, I have to prepay this shit. Yeah. And that hurts and I've decided I'm willing to. I often, like when I enroll someone for coaching, I'm quite strict with them. I used to take anybody and now I'm really strict. And most of my conversation (laughs) used to be like, I used to sell coaching. Mm -hmm. All those benefits. Nowadays, all I talk about are the costs. I'm like, this is how it will hurt. This is how uncomfortable you'll be. This, I'll make guesses as to sort of how long certain goals will take them. Unless you're like, Eager to pay that price, let's not take this any further. Yeah. Like, you got to be willing to hurt for this thing because that's actually where the reward comes from. The reason I love my business being where it's at at the moment is it was blood, sweat, and tears. There was Mm -hmm. no, none of my content went viral. Nobody gave me a handout. There was no like magic breakthrough Mm -hmm. or or secret trick of marketing or any of that. It was just grinding my fucking ass off, you know? And I decided to do that. I knew from the beginning how hard it was going to be. Actually, I didn't know, but I thought I did. I was willing. It to be hard to it.
1: <laughs> yeah, it could it be harder than anything. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. it's uh, both both harder and easier. Some bits are easier, some bits are way fucking it's harder. True, um, But I was like, I actually, I've got this written down in my oldest journal somewhere when I started my business. It was like, if I have to, I'll die trying. Mm. Like I was willing to like to lose go down, stabbed to death by this thing. Mm. I was much more clear on that than I was on what success was. I was clear on what the payment was and the, you know, coming back to, I think what we're talking about with masculinity is guys want to be all these things, but then they haven't really thought about what they're going to have to pay.
1: Mm.
0: You want to be socially adept. You and I both know, cause we come from not being naturally talented that the hours you got to put in, the amount of like complicated (laughs) conversations you got to have, the just how many…
1: Fears you have to face. …bucket
0: loads of anxiety, like flooding through your system, those nights where you just crash and burn all night long and you come home and you're like, what the fuck's the point of living? Mm. That's the cost. You have to go through all of that. Some of you will be lucky and it will take fuck all. Uh, But for others, and this is why I kind of take pride in myself, is. I never really just cruise through that element of life. I had to earn everything one drip at a time. I just, um, I just didn't have anything natural to kind of like escalate things or accelerate things. I didn't do better than anyone else unless I worked harder. So I think that's, that's like two key elements that I'm getting from what you're saying as well is one is that if you're following other people's rules, you still haven't found what you're looking for. And then when you do, it might break all the rules and people think you're weird and That'll just be actually probably a sign that you're on track. And the other thing is you pay for this up front with no guarantees.
1: No guarantees.
0: That's the hard bit, I think. You just it's like faith, you know, it's like jumping off a cliff and hoping you have a parachute. It's fucking weird.
1: It's it's what separates the men from the boys, you know, and, and you sharing that from yourself, you know, is you going through and earning all those things is what makes you such an awesome, incredible person, which makes you such a great man, which makes you such a great coach as well, too, because you've had to earn things that way. And I mean, I've met a lot of people. You've met a lot of people. Um, We've been fortunate through our coaching and networking as well. We meet some fantastic people like yourself. You and the other great people that I've met in my life have all gone through hardships and really worked hard and strived and had to overcome very difficult situations. You know, the people who just sit around and are entitled and victim mentality and never really face those fears and pay upfront, like you're saying, those people are usually the people with the egos and the insecurities and are not the type of people that people want to be like, that people want to be around unless they're pretty or something or famous for whatever reason or because of someone else's sacrifices, right? But, um, besides that, the people who are really beautiful people, you know, the people you remember, you're like, man, that was a great person or that person's fucking awesome. It's always somebody who's, who's had those goals, picked that path. And, and like you said, paid up front and really pushed through those other things because they seen that and they're like, well, I can't judge other people. I know it's difficult and it all just builds your character, man. It just makes you a stronger, better person. And that's the point of this. You can't get strong and get a good body Without pushing yourself to failure and doing the work, right? You can't get the social skills or build the business and whatever else you want to do or have the wealth and the freedom unless you already had it up front. You can't earn that unless you actually do that hard work and go through the failure and push yourself through. You know, I always encourage anybody watching this and and everybody that I talk to. You know, you at that end of your life, you want to say, "I did what I wanted." I went for the things that I went for. I had those experiences that I was craving. And even if some came a little short or whatever, you fucking tried and you gave it your best effort, right? You know, regrets are like the worst thing ever. And a lot of regrets comes from doing things that other people think you should do and not really live in your truth and putting the work for it. I mean, I tell people, if you had everything, okay, if you had the money, you had the girls, you had the body, you had whatever that you had you probably feel a little empty, right? You still want to work on something, right? You'll see celebrities and people who have tons of money, whatever, they're learning piano, right? Or they're taking dance classes or they're starting a new business. Um, Mark Wahlberg, how much money does is is he have, right? He's got a family, he's got everything, like a great body, the whole thing. hes I heard he was in film school because he wants to learn more about being a director. He's going back to the basics to go and learn something, right? So instead of looking at this journey of, oh, you know, we're going to struggle on this and that. This is what makes the story. This is what makes it fun. And if you had it all, you'd want to start another journey anyway. So you got to just really embrace all of this because this is your hero's journey. It's your story. It's it's your triumph. And um, what better way to spend your time? Game of Thrones, Scarface, The Godfather, Shawshank Redemption, Breaking Bad, like whatever rocky right all these movies all these stories what are they they're mm-hmm. all journeys right they're all somebody who had a goal or somebody who went for something and and uh went through lots of ups and downs and trials and tribulations that's the beauty of you and your life is your story of making that happen and then cool thing that we get to do is go through those things and then share and help people so that they're, they're a little more eddies <laughs> as they're going along their journey so i think that's cool
0: Yeah, I think that's why I clicked with you so easily is your reason why you do this and and just that sort of compassion for people who are suffering and just going, I figured it out, guys. Like, let's have a chat. It doesn't have to be this way. And there's actually something in there. I'd call this a hypothesis at best because I just haven't sort of looked into it enough. But I'm seeing a theme. Which is the people who are most satisfied with what they're working on. Well, for a start, like you said, it's actually a constant development. They haven't finished shit. They're just on to the next thing, building it. But the the reason why they're working on it is to cure a certain suffering that they themselves know intimately. Mm-hmm. This is why all the best addiction rehab centers are run by addicts or ex addicts. Uh, this is why the best psychiatrists and psychologists in the world had to overcome severe mental health issues or the best coaches had to deal uh, with severe <coughs> sort of deficiencies and skills or whatever in their own lives. There's something about like, I've even seen, I've been watching to try and figure this out. I've been watching the people who are the very best at what they do in just a random range of, of fields trying to look beyond the specific field and just say, what do these people have in common? And one I was reviewing lately was the top chefs in the world. And there's one guy, I just forgotten his name. He's the Italian chef. Uh, he's basically considered the best chef in the entire world. And he just constantly talks about like being a kid while his nonna was cooking or whatever. And kind of um, just the joy of being in the kitchen and actually how he was getting away from some traumatic experiences by being with that food and stuff. Like for him, every plate he puts out, he's trying to like cure that suffering. He's trying to sort of pass that message on. Most of the great musicians, they were rescued by music in some way from some fucking horrific thing going on in their life. Music's what saved them. And it's interesting because there's a lot of people who have no purpose or meaning in life. They don't know what it means to be a man, perhaps. And yet they do know what their suffering is. Yeah. And if they ask themselves, what would I have to be to be able to help others through that? You know, even if you're at the stage where you don't even know what to do about it yourself, but I was like, what kind of guy would I have to be so I could actually teach? What would I have to go through? It actually becomes quite clear. Like when I went to dancing for the first time, I'd already gone to a pattern of asking this kind of question. Within a few classes, I was like, what would I have to go through to be an instructor? Which was like, well, most of the instructors have been dancing since they're like two, right? And I'm starting at like 29 or something clumsy as fuck and can't, no flexibility in my joints or shit, no timing. I was like, well, I'd have to fucking train my ass off. I'd have to do competitions and performances. I'd have to get private lessons with the best. It was very clear what I needed to do. And it just invigorated me. And like, like I said before, it was like, I knew what I had to pay to be that thing. And the funny thing is by the time I got to a point where I could teach dancing, I didn't actually really want to, I just liked being a student, but trying to become the teacher just gave me very, very fucking clear idea of what I needed to be doing and fuck what anyone else thought, you know, my mm. friends laughed at me for dancing five nights a week. I laugh, I'm busy dancing anyway, you know, it was just very clear. And I think that's a key thing is, yeah. I imagine you would have done the same. I mean, you speak for yourself, I guess. When you started learning from other guys you know how to talk to women and everything that question comes up like well how do i how do i get the edge you know how do i be the guy who teaches and then you yeah. realize you can clearly see this map in front of you of just work you know and i'm sure that yeah. the best guys will actually be honest with you was like well this is how i got here and it was a lot of work does that resonate with you or am i off track with
1: of that oh yeah and and then you know once I had the idea of becoming an instructor. I was like, you know, I just out of my own integrity, like, you know, you're in the same position. You know, it, it's still one thing that bothers me. I'll see some people that are coaches like in the date, in the dating field, that pretty much I'm talking about, or even in the fitness field, right? Like a guy who's had a six pack his whole life and he's teaching you how to get a six pack. It's like, mm-hmm. come on, dude. Like, you serious? Like, I'll tell people how to lose weight. That's because I, I'm down 130 pounds from my heaviest. You know what I'm saying? But like the, I was always had so much integrity. It was like, man, I need to completely master this and know it through and through in and out for me to feel um, right to teach it. And is that the right way of doing things? I don't know because I've seen people that have, you know, made a lot of money and had a lot of success by just having this delusional confidence in themselves, which is good for them. I think that's awesome. I never really had that. So for me, I, Maybe it was my own insecurity, or whatever, but I had to really, really, really do all the work, read the books and have the experience. And um, but but you get something from it, which is super cool. When I first started putting YouTube videos out two years ago, some of the comments I would get is like, Man, you seem really authoritative when you speak, you know, you're really confident in it. And I was like, Yeah, because I've been teaching this for almost 10 years before I even started this YouTube channel, you know what I'm saying? So one thing I like, and one thing I tell my students, even before I teach a boot camp, I was like, you know, there's, I've done a lot of things in my life. I have different skills and, and a lot of things I'm proud of and whatnot. I said, but this is the one thing, and this is why I do it. I said, this is the one thing where I have total conviction and total faith that I've done this. I've struggled with whatever you guys have struggled with. I've overcame it. I've taught other guys how to overcome it. And I have pure faith and confidence in this, you know, and um, it's a cool feeling. It's a cool feeling to be a master of a domain, you know, and that's actually a, a very big desire that men have. I had, a, I was at a men's group earlier this year and one of the guys, they were talking about, you know, a mastery of a certain topic. And, you know, one guy said, he's like, you know, I've always been good at a lot of things, but I never had one thing I was really amazing at. And the other guy was like, yeah, me too. Like, I wish I had that one thing. And, and they felt like really empty because they didn't have that. And one thing I told the guys, I was like, you know, look, I've, I've achieved that and been able to be an expert in, in, in a field or something like that. And I was like, doesn't mean that you guys are any less, you know, you could do all your, like you said, the puzzle pieces, right. You could be a guy who's X, Y, and Z. And that together is your unique combination and you're the master over that. But, um, but I just, I just knew for me as a coach, you know, to be up in front of people, I wanted to have that complete and total to be an instructor, right. I wanted to have that complete and total mastery. Over things, and I've seen guys come up through the years, or other coaches I've met, and I'm, that were dating instructors and stuff like that. I'm like, man, I'm like, this guy's a coach. Like, damn, like, I can't believe people are paying this guy money to train with them. But you know, you could learn something from everybody. That's fine. But um, you know, for me, it was just a, always my own personal thing. Where like, if I want to be someone who's going to tell the people what to do, I want to be, I want to know almost all of it. I want to really be, be an expert and know it and know it through and through. And that's another thing that motivates me to do this as well too it's because this is where i have most of my knowledge you know and in, in helping people and that kind of makes it easier like you said it, it's easier for me to go to the computer and work on this than it would be for me to go and be an accountant or um or do any of that other stuff so that, that that's kind of that's important for me
0: yeah absolutely i was thinking like the mastery thing's important it's not all of it but it's very important yeah, I see a big correlation between guys who struggle confidence-wise and having no kind of thing that they are obsessed with and mastering. There are some exceptions. I've I've seen some guys who they're really good at something, but it does nothing for their confidence. Yeah. I'd be guessing, but I think a theme I see in those guys is either it's something they're good at but they don't want to do mm. or something they're so good at that they're now cruising and they're not in the next stage of challenge that's available to them. Like somebody gets to a black belt in a martial arts and they just cruise from there rather yeah. than trying to like start a new martial arts or go to competition fighting or whatever the next thing they would be a beginner at. Right. Um, or I see somebody who's like excellent at coding, but they fucking hate coding. Right. So there's no thrill in it for them. Yeah. It has to be the right kind of mastery. It has to be something that's fucking hard, but not so hard you can't do it. It has to be something like you really, really enjoy learning it, not just being good at it, but getting good at it is enjoyable for you. So enjoyable that you kind of lose track of how good you are at it. You know, you're not yeah. really comparing. You just can't wait to get to the next training or the next experience or the next practice. You know, dancing was like that for me. Like I was like, "What's the next move?" Like, sort yeah. like I just I want to, I want another thing in the kit. You know, I want to store so much fucking shit in here that I'm prepared for anything. And I get, I've get i got that kind of obsession, I guess, where I've got like a new hobby every six months. And really? I don't stick with them all, but it's like quite often, it's just enough to get a new skill under my belt that will have some universal application. Like I learn how to draw. I, I do drawing here and there. And um, the other day I was hanging around with a, like a family and there was a kid there and I started drawing with the kid. Mm -hmm. you know and the kid was just obsessed because I could draw a real looking giraffe kind of thing like this is such a handy skill to have right now I'll never use it anywhere else but I can draw with this kid and this kid thinks I'm the shit you know that's awesome you know I was just like yeah that's finally I found a use for this thing I didn't really know what I was doing with it but um breaking rules mastery and what was the other thing we were talking about just before choosing choosing breaking rules, mastering, choosing, I don't know, there's a bit of a formula there, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'll have to have a think about it, but everybody I kind of respect or admire in terms of confidence and masculinity. I'm fairly certain that we'll find those three characteristics very strongly coming through. And vice versa, somebody who's really struggling is going to be lacking on at least two, if not all three of those. Mm-hmm. And that'd be my guess anyway.
1: I love that man, a little three-step formula. <laughs> Formulas are good for me, and they like the steps.
0: Very cool. I don't know, man. Shall we wrap it up there for today?
1: Yeah, that's great, dude. Um, I could, like I said last time, man, I could talk to you forever. So I love I love your wisdom and I appreciate everything you shared. And just like last time, you know, I learned something every time we chat. So I thought it was super cool to talk about this. It's a really awesome topic. And I know some of it's you know, we go off in so many tangents and whatnot, but um, that was a good summary at the end there. And um, you know, we all got to make the choice for ourselves and find out what, what's right for us and, and hone in and master it. And uh, yeah, it's awesome, man. Always a pleasure chatting with you.
0: Likewise, dude. And uh, you yeah, know, it's funny, frog on the call with you. I, I'd set myself a kind of goal lately with podcast interviews to maybe not be so agreeable with my guests because I just can't sort of help it i just like mm-hmm. talking to people i like i was like yeah it'd be good to have some sort of debates or something like that so i like yeah. prep myself before talking you. i'm like oh, there's anything i disagree with like go for it you know i got to the end of my like, fucking find anything you know i'm just totally on board with this dude's <laughs> ideas like i got nothing I, i'm not going to force a confrontation for no reason I, I just
1: totally agree so that's hilarious man you know for me one thing i've been working on is the exact opposite is is less disagreements I I want to disagree with people less. I just want to listen because every time I listen, if it's something that I don't believe, then that's good because that's pushing me and I learned something new. So that's so funny. We were both on the opposite side. You're like, you wanted to disagree more? And I was like, I want to agree more. So we kind of came in the middle of just uh, being on the same wave. Yeah.
0: That's awesome. I'm I'm happy for certain goals to fail. I mean, it was just genuine. you know. Like um, Some of the reasons I like doing these with you is, Yeah. Sometimes I I like finding when I'm finding someone where we've come to the same conclusion in a completely different way, you know, we're not completely different, but different paths, different cultures, different lives. Yeah. Everything. we ended up kind of coming to the same idea tells me that there's maybe like a more objective truth to be found. Like there's actually something universal there because whenever I talk to someone like yourself and we're like, yeah, yeah, that's what I thought too. So how do we all get here from such different starting points? Like where is here as a natural place that maybe everyone needs to, or everyone can circle near, you know, there's like some objectivity to what we're finding.
1: It's a, it's a, it's failure, you know, it's working hard. It's trying different things. It's failure. And then out of that comes humility, right? Mm -hmm. And then love for yourself and then love and helping other people. You know, that's, uh, that's the themes that I see amongst us for sure. Amongst our journeys which um, sounds pretty good to me.
0: <laughs> yeah. And it's definitely
1: not what I see in people who are miserable. So, no, not, none of those. Yeah. None of those. That's why it's like, it sucks. They got a long way to go.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's, they've got one of them, but they're doing it for the wrong reason. There's a lot of people, for example, helping others, but they're not doing it for the right reasons. or so has no reward to it.
1: No, they're just trying to make a quick buck or something.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Be the martyrs or heroes. But anyway, awesome, man. Yeah, good chat, and um, I'll be keen to anyone listening to to send through their thoughts and feedback. And of course, as always, I'll post Joe's uh, contact details and website and everything below. Is there anything you got at the moment that you're trying to you're keen to promote? Oh,
1: YouTube's always cool, you know, I'm on Facebook and the Facebook group, and um, I have a the private group I just started. But you know, that all comes up as you start watching my stuff, and I say start with the free stuff and then go from there. You know.
0: Very similar to me. Well, I'll make sure everyone can get their hands on that shit. I recommend it. I watch it myself. So I don't usually say that because it's not usually true. So I've watched probably a couple of your videos every month.
1: Awesome, man. I appreciate that, dude. I like. I was seeing your content too, so I love engaging with you on Facebook.
0: Absolutely. All right, man. We'll wrap it up for there.